Hello and welcome to our In the Zone podcast focusing on the utilization of flow cytometry for the development of cell and gene therapy assays. In this podcast, we hope to educate the public about the basics of flow cytometry, how these assays compare to other types, and challenges associated with flow cytometry. I'm delighted to be joined by Richard Cuthbert of BioRad joining us to discuss the topic of flow cytometry for cell and gene therapies. Thanks for joining me, Richard. Hello, Vivian. It's a pleasure to speak to you. So my first question for you is, what are the basics of flow cytometry and how are they currently utilized in the bioanalytical industry? Yeah, okay. Well, um, for anyone that is um, completely new to flow cytometry, uh, a simple way to explain what a flow cytometer does is to imagine a microscope. But rather than... um, than the sample being immobilized on the surface of a slide, the cells or particles are suspended in a liquid that's constantly flowing across the lens. Um, In fact, the first attempt to construct a flow cytometry involved a capillary tube and microscope. Now, rather than looking down the eyepiece, we replace that with light detectors that can count particles very quickly. In the case of Biorad ZE5 cell analyzer, up to 100,000 events per second. So what we have is a microscope that can very quickly count hundreds of thousands of cells. And just like a microscope, you can look at things like size and granularity and use dyes with different colors. But in the case of flow, um, you can look at many more colors simultaneously, up to 27 with the ZE5. Uh, And by taking advantage of laser light and a wide variety of fluorescent dyes, um, this is what kind of makes the difference between flow cytometry and uh, and microscopy. So what we have is is an instrument that you can do many of the same things as a microscope, but at at a tremendously higher speed and with far more parameters available. They're incredibly versatile instruments. I think if I was to try and list all the applications that are possible on a flow cytometer, I would probably be here for a while. Um, But just to mention the most common applications, uh, immunophenotyping, that is identifying specific cells from a mixture of cells, Um, apoptosis, proliferation, cell cycle, um, binding assays, co-localization assays using FRET, cytokine expression assays, either using intracellular staining or um, of cells, sorry, or with beta rays, phosphorylation, uh, cell activation and kinetic assays. These are just the popular ones. Uh, So going back to your question, what is it utilized for? Well, I would say that flow can be used throughout the entire drug discovery process. And how do flow cytometric assays compare with other types of assays for cell and gene therapy development? Well, I've already mentioned microscopy. I would say that flow uh, represents perhaps not always an alternative, but at least a complementary method to many of the other techniques that are used in the lab. I really became interested in flow as a researcher because I hated doing Western blots. Uh, and sometimes I would... Um, I'll get out of them by using flow instead. Uh, But other techniques are are less amenable to replacement. For example, the molecular biology techniques like digital PCR. Flow cytometry is never gonna replace PCR, 
But what happens when you want to confirm the expression of a protein? Sure, you could do that with a Western, um, but what about if you need more quantitative data? Uh, maybe an ELISA, uh, you can do that with, but you only get the total concentration. What if you need to know which exact cells are expressing the protein at a single cell level? Photocytometry can help you with that. So when screening for potential therapeutic candidates, what does flow cytometry offer over traditional methods of lead discovery? Well, one method of measuring binding is an ELISA type approach where the binding target is immobilized on the bottom of a plate. Now, there are two major problems with this. Firstly, it really limits the amount of data that can be generated. Usually, just a single parameter readout is possible with, with this type of assay, meaning that two binding events could not be measured at the same time. The second big limitation is down to the artificial nature of the system. If you're trying to target a protein that is expressed on the surface of the cell, taking it out of that context could have undesired effects, like changing the conformation of the protein, for example, which means that the interactions that you detect during the screening may not be completely representative of the situation in vivo. Another technology that's currently used for screening is imaging cytometry. This technique does address the big two issues that I've mentioned already. Um, so it can be multi-parameter and cell-based, but it still has some important limitations. One, due to the limited resolution, at times it can be tricky to separate out populations that, you, that you're perhaps not interested in, for example, dead cells. Or alternatively, say you want to focus on a relatively rare population of interest. That's just not that easy using imaging cytometry. Another issue is the tremendous amount of data that's generated from the, uh, the images and the processing power that's needed to analyze those images. What flow cytometry provides is a cell-based method that is compatible with very high plexing it doesn't rely on images, so no large image files, and the resolution is always at the single cell level. This means that with the advanced analysis programs, it's trivially easy to focus on events that are as rare as one in a few thousand. Um, the Z5 can also process plates at high speed, and it's able to cope with very high event rates. For example, uh, an assay that requires 100,000 events per well in a 96-well plate can be completed in less than 15 minutes. When you combine this with automation, then you have a system that can also run continuously with very minimal user input. Um, and you can study more than 10,000 individual samples um, and more than a billion, that's one times 10 to the nine individual data points per day per instrument. And we have customers, for example, that run more than 25, three, eight, four well plates in a 24 hour period. So then what challenges are associated with flow cytometry in drug discovery? Well, there are a couple of things that could potentially slow down research. For example, a screening instrument that frequently suffers from downtime because it's susceptible to blocking, uh, is always going to be a problem. 
um, as can carryover between wells, which can potentially lead to problems with well passing. And what I mean by that is um, the process of separating the data into individual wells. And carryover could also lead, perhaps in you know, a, a really bad example, to even to false positives. Also, um, some systems rely on a degree of manual well passing, um, and this can be quite time consuming and laborious process. If you imagine um, having to tell the you know, software where each well is in a 384 well plate and then repeating that process more than 20 times, um, then that's, that's gonna take a long time. So we addressed um, these issues when designing the, the ZE5 cell analyzer. It has a really innovative sample pump with a high pressure, high speed flow cell, which makes it much more resistant to blocking. It also automatically washes the sample probe between each and every sample, dramatically reducing the carryover. Also, as it's running, it automatically separates individual files on the fly, which means that as soon as the instrument has stopped running, your data is, is ready to go. And as a research tool, where else is flow cytometry making significant contributions? Well, everywhere, really. Um, flow cytometry has um, long been a favourite with immunologists. Um, one of the first times that flow really came to the forefront of public consciousness um, was perhaps during the HIV AIDS epidemic of the 80s. Uh, and that's because flow was used to measure the number of T cells in the blood, which is one of the key indicators of disease severity. Um, so you'll probably not be surprised to hear that flow cytometry has been and will continue to be um, an invaluable tool in understanding SARS-CoV-2, which I'm sure you know is the virus that causes COVID-19. It's widely used in the related fields of hematology and rheumatology and probably pretty much every type of cancer research, stem cell biology, regenerative medicine and microbiology. In fact, I think you would be pretty hard pushed to name a discipline in biology where flow cytometry is not being used. And there's probably quite a few outside of biology as well. Um, I started by comparing flow cytometry to microscopy, and I would say it's nearly as ubiquitous. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your knowledge and insights on flow cytometry. It was a pleasure. And to our listeners, you can find more in the zone features at bioanalysiszone.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.